0: TalkZone.com
1: Now, TalkZone
0: presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between.
1: Now, two guys and a mic on TalkZone.com And we do welcome you to the Two Guys and a Mike show. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. It is the coach flying solo, Seth Gruen, the young and the restless one, expected to come in in just a bit and help us out with the show. David Olson, our producer, as per always, a rocket Gibraltar on the other side of the glass or on the other side of the window pane, or as we like to say, the pane on the other side of the window. You can look at it both ways. 888-463-6748. The phone number to check in. Lots of baseball news. Uh, eight days. Eight days. For those that are a little sick of baseball, eight days until our very own Chicago Bears open up their football training camp in Bourbonnet, Illinois. Beautiful vacation spot, Bourbonnet. Lovely this time of year. Uh, if you want to get a good recorded message, by the way, dial up the Bureau of Tourism in Bourbonnet, Illinois. You'll be put on hold for about two and a half minutes and then uh, promptly disconnected. I tried that for a couple of weeks, one hour. 888-463-6748. You're a football fan. You want to check in. You're tired of baseball. Want to get a little football fix? It's late July. Late July. Well, two-thirds of the way. I don't know if we want to call it late, late late July. We're still deep into the abyss that is the uh, summertime, but there is just a slight whiff. Just a slight tint. Very, you have to really, really smell carefully. You have to open the window and just catch the aroma, just a slight, slight tint of football in the air. I read a little story in the paper today of the team I root for the most. I love college football, and I watch a lot of different games, but the team nearest and dearest to my heart uh, is, by the way, a school that would not accept me academically, but I'm over that, Northwestern University. I ended up going to Tulane and University of Illinois in a transfer situation. But the team that I am nearest and dearest to uh, have been always will in the world of sports is the Northwestern Wildcats, and I just read a little thing in the paper. Northwestern's game, opening game, September 4th, 6.30, move to the evening. It's Just reading that, it's like, oh man, September 4th, probably a Saturday night, Friday I didn't even look at the calendar. 6.30 game in the evening, probably an ESPN3, ESPN4, maybe a ComCat Sports Network, taking on the Vanderbilt Commodore, college football. Pencil it in my calendar. Got excited about that already. So it's a little bit early. Certainly don't want to peak too soon, but there is a hint, just a slight whiff, of college football in the air. And if you've caught that whiff, if you've caught that hint, and you want to uh, express it over our very airwaves, you can do it at 888 6748 David Olson, like the true professional ant. Not sure where the laugh track is at this point. Um, 6 o'clock this morning. 6 o'clock this morning. Before reading the paper, the tape machine is on. I'm watching innings number 10 and 11 of White Sox baseball last night. Aren't you proud of me? That's dedication to the cause. Dedication to the cause. Watched the game last night, felt myself falling asleep. I don't fight the sleep anymore. I don't fight. Boom. Hit the DVR. Little program action. Wake up in the morning, get the nice cup of coffee. All set to go. Watch the game, sat down very comfortably. Zero zero game. Great ball game, by the way. Gavin Floyd and Felix Hernandez. What a pitching duel. Zero 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 zero. Nothing on the board through nine innings. Bullpen came in, I think, uh, for both teams in the eighth and ninth inning. Then you go into the tenth inning and still zeros on the board. And then the White Sox break through. They break through with a big run. Nicely done. Gordon Beckham off the wall for a double. Omar Vizcayel. What is he? 26-27? 28? The 20, guy's 42 years old. Omar, I, I read on that hit, he became the 50th all-time leader in hits in Major League Baseball. And as Seth Grew and the young kid, uh, pops in the studio here after doing some pre-production with our assistant producer, that's what happens when you get a female intern, by the way. We hire a new female intern, and our young co-host here is five minutes late for the program. But uh, Omar Vizquel, 50th all-time. In Major League Baseball and hits. Last time I checked, Omar Vizcaya, a great fielder, an average hitter. How does an average hitter, the the obvious answer is 42 years old. How does an average hitter become the 50th all-time?
0: Play 23 years in baseball. Thank you. I mean, that's what Ozzie Guillen says every time, you know.
1: Look at that. See, I, it's, it's, not, it's, not that. it's Just your voice right off the bat, those dulcet tones. The dul-
0: <laughs> yeah, but well, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been a long time coming.
1: Man, is it just me, uh, David, or is he going with the soft, sexy voice with me? I, I almost feel like some music coming in. I feel like a little, all of a sudden, the reincarnation, the sports talk version of Barry White co-hosting the show today. I, I, <laughs> I, I, haven't,
0: I haven't even been in, been in here in so long. You got the cameras everywhere? Oh, you like haven't
1: been since we is, started webcasting? Well, wait,
0: No, I've been here since you started webcasting, okay. but it seems like you have some new cameras yes. in here. and. Yes. And it's like Big Brother in I here. I think
1: it has to do something with the uh, Afghanistan situation, but they've added a couple cameras since you left. So ladies and gentlemen, they're viewing via the web, uh, webcast. Uh, last time I talked to him, he was single. He's eligible. He's reasonably good-looking. Yeah, two out of three is not bad. He is. Seth Gruen, sports talk host, joining us for today. Great to see you, Seth. Haven't had you on. For uh, way too long. Good to yeah, have you yeah, been,
0: been busy, coach, with the job, but you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, always good to be behind the mic with you, uh, telling a few jokes,
1: and uh, <laughs> and of course breaking down sports.
0: Yeah, or that too.
1: Probably just breaking that down. That
0: too, if we ever get to that.
1: Very quickly, I was just in the middle before you rudely <laughs> interrupted me of, of you know going over a great White Sox game, but very quickly uh, you are doing some writing now for the yeah, yeah. Chicago I'm, paper.
0: I'm the baseball writer for the Northwest Herald, so I cover the Cubs and Sox and um you know it's, it's interesting you got one team getting ready to unload and mm-hmm. and another team trying to add to get into a pennant race so it's an it's an interesting time you know to to be doing the job i'm mm-hmm. excited though to to have at least one team in the pennant race you know you don't want to cover losing baseball all the time
1: any truth to the rumor you were the straw the pencil rather that broke the camel's back you were the guy that finally forced Lou Piniella to say you know what i'm done after this year
0: <laughs> I, th- I think he had that sort of in his mind before okay. this year i mean they Jim Hendry even said that even when they were winning, that they thought this would be his last year, and I think he said it when when he signed the contract. So
1: I thought if they could have won a little bit this year, and if pain in the rear end young writers like yourself would have laid off him a little bit, he might have come back for another year. In part, I hold you responsible for Lou Piniella's resignation.
0: Well, you like you like him, you wanted
1: him to stay. No, oh, okay, I'm just holding you responsible. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted him to stay. Well. We're going to ask you real quick uh, some of that, and Joel surprised us yesterday with the selection of Greg Maddox. But we'll get to uh, Seth Gruen, an insider a guy who's been hanging around the locker room all season long. In fact, if you talk to some of the players hanging around the locker room a little bit too long, if you know what we mean, but Seth will uh, give us his insight and who he thinks would be a perfect fit for the managers. But real quick, we were talking about White Sox baseball last night, uh, sure. uh, late, late at night, taking on Seattle. So the game through ten zero zero, amazing. Great, great pitching and probably some not so great um, hitting had to do with it. But in the 11th inning, the White Sox finally break through and they get a run. Oh, my, for Scales base hit. And then out trots Bobby Jenks in the 11th inning. And uh, two games in a row, the Sox blow two runs. They shut him down for 10 innings. They finally get a run, Seth. And they give up two
0: well, looks like, off of Bobby Jenks. Looks like they're going to make a closer change now. And. Uh... Ozzy said it could be either Sergio Santos, J.J. Putz, or Matt Thornton. I don't think Santos is ready. He's young. Now, remember, Santos started pitching, pitching in April of last year. Yes. He was drafted as a position player, as a shortstop. So, you know, he still needs some work. And, I, you know, even Ozzy has said he doesn't want to put him in, you know, hasn't wanted to put him in high-pressure situations. They're in a pennant race now. So I really think it comes down to J.J. Putz and Matt Thornton, which I, is very unfortunate because you're talking about, a tandem that has formed the best middle relief in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean really, they've been very good. Uh typically you want a right-hander to close for you. So I I, th- I think I think what they'll do is go with puts and 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 use Thornton in that eighth inning setup role and then maybe go out and get a a left-handed sort of um, a, a situational lefty maybe a, maybe a Scott Downs from Toronto or something like that.
1: What does that do to a Bobby Jenks now? Is he going to be relegated? Now, do you have some inside info? Has this been officially announced? Or your instincts tell you that Bobby Jenks might uh, get taken at least temporarily?
0: My my instincts tell me I think Bobby Jenks may be taken temporarily out of the rule. Even though he's only blown three saves this year, um, they've just been – his command has been so egregious that it's beyond just losing the game. I mean, he's walking people, you know, he's – He's he's elevating his pitches up in the zone, so mm-hmm. and my, my instincts do tell me that that he will be removed from the role. He's
1: too. My instincts tell me. Remember,
0: I... if I may interrupt. Remember, he's not in their future plans either. It's not like you're shaking a, the confidence of a guy who's your closer of the future. He may not. He probably won't be with the team past this year.
1: He's a little top heavy, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he is. He's 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 a bit round.
1: A little top heavy. He's a got a weird. Round. It's like he's got the legs. Of a five foot three inch guy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then the. Oh, oh,
0: up big torso is what you're saying. Yes.
1: And it's like, it's like putting a, um, like a house on stilts. That's what it looks like. Very little stilts. And then you're Ah. putting this big giant house on the stilts at some point. At some point, those stilts are going to start to shake and a little bit of wind or a couple of base hits, the baseball analogy, and the stilts start to wilt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you think he's going to fall over is what you're saying.
1: Uh, Yeah. I don't think he has enough base of support for that huge upper body, but at any rate, painful, painful defeat for the Chicago White. but still in first place, still in first place. So it, uh, in Minnesota and Detroit finally won yesterday. Both those teams have been in temporary free fall. So not a disaster, but uh, boy, it's one of those ones after going 10 innings without scoring, you finally get a run in 11th. It would have been nice to win.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's their division if they want to take it. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, the the twin starting pitching, admittedly, I thought it would be better. I thought it would be adequate in getting the job done, but it's 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 proving to be futile for them. I mean, they're obviously in the market for a front of the rotation starter. Maybe, maybe Ted Lilly. Who knows? Who knows?
1: Somebody uh, had texted or emailed, and I read in one of the local papers via their little blogs or text or whatever the heck it is. How about for the White Sox picking up Chicago Cubs third baseman Aramis Ramirez? And you know what? As much as a Cub fan as I am, I would hate to lose him now while he's hitting, but you look at the White Sox right now, they pick up a guy like Aramis Ramirez who can field, underrated fielder, and if his bat takes off like it is now, that's not a bad pickup for the White Sox.
0: Except for the fact that then that makes your lineup even more right-handed. Remember, they have the switch hitting Omar Viscal mm-hmm. and, and Mark mm-hmm. Tien coming back. And remember, they're locked in the three years, $14 million with Tian mm-hmm. So I don't know if they want to add on that salary at that position. You also got the young guy, Vizieto. Yeah. You oh. also got the young guy, young kid, Vicieto. Who I like. Yeah, who and who could, who, who in all likelihood will end up in some sort of platoon situation with Tian and Vizcal. Yep. So I I don't see I don't see them going out and getting a third baseman. Mm-hmm. If Kenny's gonna make a surprise this year, I see it being Prince Fielder,
1: mm-hmm. Milwaukee first baseman. The Prince, a, a guy with possibly a, a bigger base than uh, Bobby Jenks. But
0: he can move. Have you seen it? He can motor on the yeah, bases for a can. big boy.
1: He he has a way of taking that gut and making it work for right. him. Like yeah. he'll turn and round the base. Yeah, he, he... Law of centrifugal force. It actually speeds him up.
0: His pants are as big as my apartment. <laughs>
1: Sleep four comfortably. Yeah. yeah. But I just thought of it now. You look at uh, Prince Fielder's base. If you could put Bobby Jenks' upper body mm-hmm. on Prince Fielder's base, then he'd be okay.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: That's what he needs.
0: I mean, if we're talking about you know the anatomics of uh, baseball I, players. I love
1: talking about the anatomics of baseball players. Second best base, by the way. Second best uh, base of support in baseball. You know who the best is? Who? Plays for the San Francisco Oh, Giants. I know.
0: Pablo Sandoval. I, I, yeah.
1: There's a man who is solid. They call him
0: Panda Bear. He weighed over 300 pounds. He lost weight.
1: Uh-huh.
0: He lost weight. Yeah. They call him Panda Bear.
1: Uh, anytime we can get a Pablo Sandoval a visual James on the show is a good thing.
0: She should call Jake's Gummy Bear.
1: Yeah. Right now we're going to call Jake's Dummy Bear after giving up two runs last inning. Baseball fans, you want to check in. We're talking a little Chicago baseball here, but uh, Seth Gruen. Baseball expert, writer for the Northwest Herald, uh, pretty much up on all your major league teams. You want to inquire on your particular team, talk a little baseball, we will do that for sure. Our phone number, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. And you can email us at mike 2 com. That's M I C and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Two uh, I did say that the last time I saw you, you were still single and very much eligible, I'm assuming... Your major league status has not changed. Yeah,
0: but it, it seems like I've Uh-oh. been, si- coach, seems like I've been, it s- seems like I've been single and eligible every time I've come on this show. Well, that's
1: okay. It's good for ratings, right? So I'm s- single and eligible, Cinemax, so the, uh, and, uh, ineligible. and her friends enjoy that. Yeah, I, I understand uh, But single I'm getting ineligible. the feeling, uh, David Olsen, the, all the other times he's turned a little red. There's been a couple twitches, the blinking, you know, increases a little bit. This time I'm getting the feeling that there could be. Much to the chagrin of our female listeners, he might be hiding it on us, but I get the feeling there's a potential significant other.
0: Maybe the I just lied for ratings before.
1: This guy's sneaky, folks.
0: Maybe I just lied for ratings. Yeah, well,
1: the women like the mysterious, though. This might work for you. This might work for you. We'll talk after the show. Okay. Not better yet, we'll talk during the show. We're going to let it sink in like a fine wine. When we come back for the next break, we'll go back to that. i got to feel it. If I dig a little deeper, I don't know how deep I can dig until I hit a sensitive nerve, but I might just take the grindstone and uh, dig a little bit. At any rate, at any rate, can we get back to sports?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. S- Stop That's side-track. why I'm here.
1: Stop sidetracking me, will you, please? All right, uh, Cubs made an announcement yesterday. Lou Pinella did, resigning at the end of the year. Uh, you've been in the locker room. You've been sure. with Lou all season long. Uh, some thoughts on, on did, were you surprised at the timing, A, and B, early thoughts on who the replacement could be?
0: Was I surprised at the timing? Um... To some degree, I understand why he announced it when he did. But, um, I, you know, I I wasn't, I I guess, a little surprised. I don't really know how to qualify it. Um, you know, being in there with him, um, in the press conference, he said it was a difficult decision for sure, but something he'd been contemplating for a while. Mm -hmm. And he said, as opposed to announcing it in September, why not let Jim Hendry go out and and, and get the appropriate time to, Mm. to, to find his replacement?
1: Why not talk to Jim Henry behind the scenes? He did. And say, you know, Jim, this is probably what I'm going to do. It just seemed like... They've been
0: talking about it for a month.
1: Okay, so then why not just publicly, you know, just keep it cool and then announce it in September? It just seems odd in the middle of the year. If if it
0: leaks that Jim Henry is looking for Lou Pinella's replacement, that could look bad. Okay, So that's, that's the whole point. Lou didn't want Jim Henry to have to go and do anything behind people's backs, Mm -hmm. he said he was getting asked about it everywhere he went, so he just announced it, you know, put the kibosh on it, Mm -hmm. and all that. But this one thing I have to say, you know, national story like this, you see all sorts of things written. And some people were just so inflammatory. I mean, I saw Greg Couch on Fan House, but Lou Pinella quit, for example. You know, everybody wants to call his tenure unsuccessful. and People thought he was going to win a World Series. In that regard, he failed. But uh, he didn't quit. He's. He, he, this is the end. His contract is up. He fulfilled the terms of his contract. So, I mean, to be inflammatory, you know, you want to criticize him, that's fine. And, and I have plenty of criticism of the way, you know, some of the management decisions he's made, as well as, you know, the fact that he hasn't won a World Series in Chicago. But uh, the guy still, the, he has raised the bar. We're talking about Chicago Cubs baseball more because of him. The expectation is they win every year because of him. I mean, when was the last time they won back-to-back division titles? Mm-hmm. Three straight winning seasons.
1: Yeah, it's And baseball's
0: hard. not easy to win.
1: No, but, you know, he was given a lot of talent, too. One could argue That's true. they okay. spent a lot of money. So you, you go back and forth on that. I agree with you, though. I, I, I don't feel like it's uh, fair to just really get down and dirty on Lupin. And it certainly didn't quit. I made the comment yesterday, and, I, I you know, I think... The comment I made was not so much the X's and O's, but there's just an overall feeling with the team the last two or three years where they don't quite have that edge or that sharpness or well, that
0: sense of urgency. Three years ago, that we thought they were going to win the World Series. I understand, yeah, no way. but but I so
1: again, he did certainly didn't quit, and I like Piniella, and you know he's doing his best, but. There's an overall malaise about the Chicago Cubs. It's almost it's almost unwritten, but it but it subtly sinks in a little bit to the players. And again, I use the words um um I don't want to use. Just the uh, loss of edge, look, lack you. of sense of urgency, lack of sharpness, those things. And I think with a with a manager that's a little more fiery, a little more into it, a little more attention to detail, some of those things might not happen.
0: Yeah, you know, people say Lou Pinella should be fiery and stuff. These guys are professional athletes. They should motivate themselves. But I'll tell you, behind closed doors, he is fiery. I mean, you talk to Giovanni, catchers are the first ones he goes after. He expects hmm. a lot of them. He wants to win. Believe me, he's fiery. There's no question about it. Just because he doesn't yell as much in public to the reporters or doesn't go out and getting you know umpire's faces he's 67 years old you know maybe maybe he's learned maybe he's, you know you mature whether you're 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 16 going on 17 or 66 going on 67 you mature and you learn that doesn't mean he's any less of a manager i mean he's won over 1800 ball games and in terms of the resources i think that's sort of grossly overplayed because a lot of these guys are into the, you know, in their twilight years and a lot of these contracts are so bad. I mean, Lou doesn't have a lot to manage. When they only get five base runners a game and the offense struggles like this, he, he can't call hit and runs. He can't send runners. He can't steal. A lot of the contracts are bad and that, that falls
1: at the feet of Jim Hendry. Yesterday, by the way, they didn't, they, uh, lose to the Houston Astros four to three. Again, talking some baseball here with Seth Gruen. You want to check in? We've got other topics coming up. So if you want to talk baseball, let's do it now. Triple eight, four, six, three, sixty seven, forty eight. Phone lines open. I think we got ten of them. If you want to try to squeeze in. Um, it, it, it well, last, you, you know, it was not trouble getting hits yesterday. Because they lose to the Houston Astros four to three, I think they left sixteen runners on base, so they hit the ball plenty.
0: They left three runners on third. The last, uh, the winning runner on third last year. It's, the...
1: it's been a problem all season long getting hits when it counted. You thought they were over that a little bit second half of the season. Yesterday it came back to snipe my that Look, look yeah,
0: it. as I said, I, I think they're locked. They they have committed a lot of resources to this payroll, but I think they're locked into a lot of bad contracts. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line here. You know, you got a fourteen million dollar platoon outfielder in Kosuke Fukudome. You've got a ninety million dollar, you know, supposed to be your ace and, and he's just completely lost velocity on his fastball. Uh the Alfonso Soriano contract I don't think is as bad as people think. He's hit to average. Mm-hmm. Okay. He didn't have that explosive year they thought he would in Washington. And obviously the contract was was um you know, worth it if they they paid that much because they thought they'd help them win the World Series in the early years of that contract, but the extra years were actually added by John McDonough, and then you know you got Derek Lina, and Ramos Ramirez
1: who are just getting old, mm. not painting a particularly good picture for the Chicago Cubs fans. They lose two out of three to Houston. You thought after a nice series against Philadelphia, coming back from the All-Star break, maybe they could get on a roll, certainly losing two out of three to Houston. Not so good. Ted Lilly, by the way, excellent yesterday. Absolutely. Pitching well once again. usual.
0: But he gets no run support. Yep.
1: By the game th- was what? One to one? It was one-nothing one leap. One-nothing
0: going Through, into the eighth. Yeah. He, he gave up a solo home run to, was it Pedro Feliz, I Pedro think? Pedro Feliz. And, uh, you know, Christmas album, went... by the way.
1: <laughs> Never heard the Pedro Feliz Christmas album? No. It's wonderful.
0: They They... But I, they, they had their chances, stranded three on oh, third. And, painful. Um, painful. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that, that's the, the, the only way to describe it. if
1: you're a Cub fan and you're watching. And, and, and not just this year. I mean, you look at it. There are some things that the Cubs have been unable to do for the last 40 years. Bunt. Period. Bunt? Bunt. They have been a notoriously bad bunting team. They make the art of bunting much tougher than it is. That's been true throughout my career.
0: I think they're a bad base-running team is is what that boils down to. I don't know
1: that I can say they've been bad base-running for all 40 years I've been watching. Getting runners in from third base with less than two outs. It's unbelievable. That's been a problem for year after year after it's consistent with the Chicago Cubs. Killed them yesterday. Well,
0: they've been consistently bad. I mean, division championship-level teams do that. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, that's what I said yesterday before Luke came in is, Championship-level teams win those games. 500 teams mm-hmm. don't all the time. And this is probably, you know, for all intents and purposes, a 500 baseball team. At this point, they'd be lucky. I mean, they have under. Look, nobody could have predicted that the offense would have been this bad. They have underperformed to some degree, but mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, I think we can call it a 500 baseball team.
1: There are two baseball pitchers again talking to the pride and joy of the Northwest Herald. Seth Gruen joining us, uh, sitting in for the big dog today. Big shoes to fill, by the way, or more appropriately for the big dog, a big seat and a big head to fill.
0: He's been coming in. He's been he's been he sitting in studio. Oh.
1: I feel like he's, but he's uh. been, but he's been checking, and he still does not have the transportation to make it in here. But uh, there are two pitchers, Seth Gruen. See if you're with me here that I. Would not care to see any more pitch for the uh, Chicago Cubs and White Sox, respectively. And that's A, Scott Linebrink mm-hmm. and B, Bobby Howery, who blew the game for the Cub yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're obviously the guys that clean up. At least the, uh, the Linebrink contract's horrible. He's making $5 million a year.
1: Uh, I, 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 you know, I don't I, I, study contracts. Not... I don't. I try to stay away from the financial part of the game as much as possible. But I do know this. Neither of them get anybody out.
0: Oh, well, that's for sure. Well, but... Linebrink throws hard. He just can't command it. I mean he throws Wonderful. like ninety-six though. Wonderful. Let him, let him go he's to awful. one of those pitching ranges
1: where you, you know, you and he used to be good. Before he came to the White Sox. Who did he pitch for? Cleveland? Linebrink. I remember Ooh. he was a very They re
0: upped him, don't forget. He... They 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 extended him.
1: Yeah, that was a problem. He was a very effective pitcher when he was pitching against the White Sox, very much like um uh, Latroy Hawkins. Who was a great pitcher for the Minnesota Twins? Always gave the White Sox and the rest of the American League trouble. The Chicago Cubs picked him up. I was all excited because I've seen the Troy Hawkins shut down our White Sox. This guy's a this guy's a shut him down reliever. He's going to be a great closer, and he completely bottomed out here in the city of Chicago. I call Scott Linebrink the modern day version of the Troy Hawkins.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, the Troy Hawkins now who's he with? Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, I think he's on his 14th team. He's, he's still yeah, he's around. not. He's not good. Every time he pitches against the Cubs, it's Cubs not win. Good. Cubs win. Cubs win. Unbelievable. And, and uh, Bobby Howry blew the game yesterday, right? Gave up a couple of hits, a couple of runs.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Lou had nobody else to go with, really.
1: What? It's the major leagues. It's the major league. Get no, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no I'm, you got to not... get somebody out who can get, you know, if, if he can't get people out.
0: Right. Bullpen's young, though. They don't always throw strikes. You know, that's what happens with young pitching. The Angel Guzman injury really hurt mm-hmm. them because they thought he was going to be their setup guy and then... Look at what they would have had in Marshall and in kind of a left-handed, uh, you know, situational lefty. Mm-hmm. So he's been great. He's been one of the best middle relievers in baseball.
1: Sean Marshall has been outstanding. No question about it. No question. You you pitched a little bit back in your Highland Park days, right?
0: No, I did not pitch. You did not. I did not
1: pitch. Okay. Did not pitch. I was going to say, if you had a little bit of arm left, we got to find somebody who can. The twelfth pitcher out there who can call in for an inning. And get yeah, people well, out. You'll,
0: you'll see. You'll see some guys come up. Jeff Samarja's now starting in Iowa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe they'll come up and put him into the rotation. Andrew mm-hmm. Kashner uh, could go into the rotation. Projects as a future starter. Look, and I, I don't mean to say this in the same in the same breath as I mentioned Jeff Samarja, but the Sox or the the, the Cubs do have a nice young core. I mean, when you look at Starlin Castro, Tyler Colvin, uh, a lot of the pitchers, Andrew Kashner. Brian Schlitter. So, I mean, it's, it's not a complete rebuilding process for them. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. A little silver lining and uh, a very, very tough day yesterday. A tough cloud for the Cubby yesterday. Both White Sox and Cubs losing. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're not done with baseball yet because you answered part A of the question. You did not. Youngster Seth Gruen Answer part B. I want to know who your pick, who you think would be a good fit for the Cub manager... Uh, baseball fans out there you want to check in we'd love to hear from you Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. and don't forget we got tour de France we got football talk coming up and a couple other topics off the sports page don't go anywhere two guys in a mic talkzone.com producer extraordinaire david olson take it away
0: are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone
1: and what the announcer forgot to say his host his co-host today seth crew with the pride and joy of the northwest herald joining us thank you so much for tuning in halfway through the one hour ride we do it each and every weekday monday through friday five hours a day one in toto or i should say five hours in total Toto, and, uh, coming up after your pick for co-manager, Seth, I don't know, have you gotten a ticket lately or any experiences with Chicago Fine Police Officers?
0: Have I had any experiences with police? Lately.
1: Life? Have you gotten a ticket? Any, uh,
0: no, I haven't. No Why, well, have you? Have you? Uh,
1: I have not. I have not, but I am going to read to you, uh, on behalf of our public service station, if nothing else. And we like to get off the sports page. I have 10 things. 10? No, I'm sorry, 12. David also will see if he can get us some sound effects for this here. But, uh, 12 things that you should not say to a police officer when your car is stopped.
0: Okay. okay? I okay. do this
1: for all the young kids like you because, uh, I remember back in the day when I was your age, it, it happened a few times. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So Shoot. we got, no, no, no. I said we got that coming up first. Oh, coming up. You need to answer part B of your test, my friend. You are an insider. A man who, as I said, spends uh, uncomfortably. Too much time in uh, Chicago Cub and White Sox locker rooms. I've heard some complaints from some of the Hispanic players in particular. Who's this guy from the Northwest Herald? Tell him it's time to move on. Um, <laughs> who do you think, maybe somebody outside the box, knowing the Chicago Cub ball club as it is now, even knowing Lou Piniella, who do you think be a good fit right now? Who would be your choice for Cub manager?
0: Well, my choice, I, I would say, if I if I had anybody, could pick anybody, are you saying? Mm-hmm. or? Probably Joe Girardi, uh, but it's going to be Ryan Sandberg. Joe, There's no way the Yankees aren't going to re-sign Girardi, especially if he wins a World Series this year. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the Cubs are kind of doing him a favor and showing interest so they can drive up the price on his next contract with the Yankees.
1: uh, Split the pie up on a percentage basis of the decision. Jim Hendry, Tom Ricketts, where does the decision-making fall for this?
0: Well, I think the way it's going to go... Is Jim Hendry going to conduct the search? Recommend someone to, to Tom Ricketts and mm-hmm. he's going to sign off on it as it should be with any owner. Any owner signs off on a hire like that.
1: But there are some owners that are much more involved than others. So you're saying Tom Ricketts is going to stay out of it? I, I
0: I I don't think Tom Ricketts is going to get that involved in the search and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what his network in in Major League Baseball is like to get well, recommendations. Well, I don't and think it's
1: networking, but Tom Ricketts might have some ideas and philosophies. We want to stay with a, uh, you know, an in house guy, a Cub guy. We want to go outside and get a veteran. He can set certain I, limits to Jim Henry's search. Uh,
0: well, and I think Tom Ricketts knows the limits of his baseball acumen. Look, he he's he's an above average fan, clearly. You talked to him, he knows the game, but I don't think he's going to pretend to be able to really add anything from a baseball standpoint mm-hmm. to the, um, you know, to, to the search. He's not George Steinbrenner. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. Right, so I, for,
1: I, first choice, Joe Girardi, that would be your choice. But realistically, you think it's going to be Ryan. Yeah. Okay.
0: And if I had a choice internally, I'd go with Greg Maddox.
1: As the, as the manager? Mm-hmm. Boy, one year, not even on the bench. One year in coaching. He knows about every facet of the game. I, I just, I'd like to see him as a pitching coach for a couple years.
0: Well, I, the reality is he's not. He's not gonna take it. I mm-hmm. mean, he still wants to spend more time with his family. You know, take a few years. I mean, he's in a. He's he's a consultant right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what Lou's gonna do. Um, see, so you're, you're
1: with me on my theory, and I uh, told this to Joel yesterday. I I, w- I would like. The guy that you think Ryan Sandberg to get the job, I don't know if he's the best choice. Seems like he's an up and coming and potentially I, I, very good manager.
0: You know, I I talked to him earlier this year, and you know his style of play definitely caters to Wrigley Field. I mean, people don't realize. People say, "Oh, Wrigley Field, lots of home runs." They think Sammy Sosa, you know, in recent time. But when the wind's blowing in, that ballpark plays huge when it's blowing in off the lake. And Brian Sandberg likes to play a little small ball. You know, likes action on the bases. And that's what the, I really think this Cubs team needs to be built upon, bu- built off speed. You still need power in the middle of your lineup, but get some speed guys at the, t- at the top of the order, mm-hmm. guys with high OBP, guys who are going to walk, can steal some bases, manufacture some runs.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the Cub fans would appreciate that kind of ball club because we've been stuck. The last uh, two, three, four, maybe 45 years with that same kind of lineup. Right, right. So I I think we would be open to that, a a more exciting team. You get a manager who's willing to make these guys run, that would work. But I I would like, you know, I think I said yesterday it's been 101, 102 years, whatever it's been, if we're going to win, I'd like it to be really, really special. And and if we had a manager like a Ryan Sandberg or a Greg Maddox or even Joe Girardi, because he was an ex-Cub. As opposed to bringing somebody in from the outside and some free agents that were brought in maybe at the last second that aren't Cubs, it would still be exciting to win, but it wouldn't be as cool. I've waited 102 years, Seth. I'd love to see him win it with some Cub players that I can appreciate that have a little Cub allegiance. And certainly a guy like Ryan Sandberg as manager would add to that. Kind of oh. a crazy, Joel wrote me off on that. We say, he did, Joel say, after 102 years, who cares? I just want to win.
0: Yeah, it, it, I it, I would tend to lean towards him. It, you look. It, this is probably the most critical hire of Jim Hendry's career.
1: Okay? We said that in the last one, by the way.
0: No, th- this yeah, is it. well, we he's, did. He's, th- th- this to be fair, different. we said the
1: exact same thing before Lou Piniella was hired. You
0: know, in, in two thousand three, he was the best general manager in baseball. When In in both those trades, he brought over Ramos Ramirez, Kenny Lofton, and Randall Simon. So that bought him a couple of years. Then he won back-to-back division titles. Now he's in a lull again. You know, his highs have been very high. His lows have been very low. But I think this would be his last sort of hire if things go sour. So that being said, I don't think he's going to I, – I think he might look outside the organization. He's not going to, you know, cater to the fans – Wanting a, a former Cub, he, he's he's going to bring in a guy who he thinks is going to win, and if
1: that's Bobby Valentine, mm-hmm. then that's who he's going to bring in. I, I know I'm in the minority with that viewpoint, but again, I've waited this long. I want it. If, if it happens, it I want it to be special.
0: Well, and and let let me pose this this scenario to you, Coach. Let's say they do hire Ryan Sandberg, and the team doesn't perform well. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that put the organization in a bad? Situation yes. having to fire one of you know one of the most beloved cubs of all time. It would. Not sure that's a reason
1: not to hire him, but yes it would. <laughs> How's that for answering yeah, the question um, simply? There I mean, you go. That that's a negative, but I think the positive is. And if, is if you're Jim away.
0: Hendry, do you do you say, hey, maybe I want a guy with major league experience?
1: Understood. Understood. I'm not even saying he might be the best choice. I'm just making the general Feeling that if they, if they win it, if it happens that finally that special, special moment, I would love it to be with Cub players and Cub managers that I could relate to, that I have a even more elevated feeling to. You know, if they bring in uh, Bruce Bochy to manage the team, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'll still be excited and I'll get caught up in the fever, but it'll be better with Ryan Sandberg. And same thing if they want it right now with, like, Derek Lee and Ramos Ramirez and some guys that have been around for a while, homegrown talent, like the guys you mentioned, Starling Castro and Tyler Coven, a little – I'd still celebrate, but the celebration tempered just a bit. You know, if I, it were different players next year. I,
0: I think it's it's – it just boils down to them winning the thing. Okay. I mean, there's been so much futility here. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to – you're gonna be as a Cubs fan, you're gonna be so happy when they win. It's like you're gonna not gonna be like uh, wait, no. We did it with Bobby Valentine behind You Just Wanna yeah, Win. So and them. when Pete what, Lou do, Pinella, me. when Lou Pinella came in Winning is said, overrated. When Lou Piniella came in, people said we're gonna win with this guy and that's why they liked him. People mm-hmm. would rather I, I think as a baseball fan, you would rather have a guy who you think is going to get the job done than a guy who form you used to play on the team. If
1: you're asking me if it's if you're given a choice between winning with a guy that's been a never been a Cub as manager and going 500 with a Cub as manager, no, 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 I'll take the winning. I'll take the championship. I'm just saying, when all things are equal, I'd love for that championship to be that much more special. It's taken a quantum, quantum leap, but it's a uh, as if uh, you or anyone else. Let's say as a young male, you had opportunities. Maybe with a young lady along the way, but you passed it up for whatever reasons. Because you wanted your first time to be special. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. You waited all this time with the pressure building. And now, after waiting all that time, Seth, some woman who you're not real thrilled with, uh, you know, in the moment of weakness, You're going to have that moment you waited for, or shouldn't you wait for that special, special moment and make the long wait that much more special? What a weird analogy that is.
0: Yeah, I was, I really lost you on that one. Well,
1: you didn't lose me. You just didn't, I mean, you, it's not exactly an even analogy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But there's a, a little.
0: A little, I guess. A little. Thank a
1: little. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number of the coach and Seth Gruen with you up until 11 o'clock here. You want to check in, dial it up, talking baseball and more. So your choice, Joe Girardi, but you think it's going to be Ryan Sandberg. Let us, uh, any other Cub Sox thoughts because I do want to move on to some other topics. We do have, after all, a tour de France discussion.
0: Let's move on then.
1: Stage to stage coverage. Oh, yeah. What, of the seven. You got a reporter out there? Uh, we don't. We tried and taught to David Olsen, but apparently we're in an economic crunch here, yeah. which explains why I haven't got a, pay, a paycheck. I think in about four or five weeks, the crunch is hitting home. But um, I don't know if you're aware or not, Seth, we are the only station, sports station, I think in the country, that is giving you on a day-to-day basis stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France. Of the 17 stages so far, what has been your favorite?
0: The seventh
1: Really? Number seven? I guess. A little special for you, huh? Uh, yeah, I really, yeah. Obviously, you couldn't care less <laughs> about the tour to front. <laughs> today, though, today starts the dreaded, about, I think about halfway through the run today. Call it the run. It's a race, but we'll call it the run. They all of a sudden, and I forget the so it's name. it's the uphill part. I forget the name of the mountain, but all of a sudden, in vision I think it starts. The Alps. No, it's, it's a different name. It's a Tolupe something or other. But if you've ever bicycled, you bicycle recreationally, right?
0: I, I, I've biked before.
1: When you bike uphill, it's hard. It's a pain, <laughs> and, and we're doing it, you know, on the most recreational base. You can imagine, even these guys who are the best of the best, they've been on the flat grounds, and all of a sudden, it starts to go up, and they look up, and they see where they have to go. That has to be kind of an intense psychological moment. And I would—I don't know much about cycling, Seth, but I'm going to guess the ability to overcome pain. Is a big part of success.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I think that's kind of in any sport.
1: But um, don't they? I've always wondered, so Don't bicycle.
0: you change gears? Like you you change the gears and make it harder to pedal on the way up, so you're you're going more
1: probably. You but you know what you you can, down. and I'm sure they adjust it. And you know they're scientific at it. They do the best at adjusting properly to the uh, heights. But I don't care where you put that gear adjustment going uphill, tough. Yeah. Top-level oh, uh, racing yeah. at the speeds that they do. So there's that burn uh-huh. that you get. So it's going to be cool to watch. Andy Sluck from uh, Luxembourg, Germany and Alberto Contador. Luxembourg, Germany? Luxembourg. Yeah. Is, where is Luxembourg?
0: I actually I've been there twice. I, I thought it was in there. Germany. It's not in Germany? It's a country, coach. It is. It's its own country.
1: I thought Luxembourg was a city. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: it's next to France. Yeah.
1: Is it near Germany?
0: Yeah, it's well, all, also I? next to Germany. Well, same difference. It's a really small country. But okay. I have cousins who live there. I have family who
1: lives there. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Oh, well, I apologize to your uh, family. What is it? Uncle it's actually a really
0: nice country.
1: They could be listening right now. It's a really nice country. Have you ever been to Luxembourg? Twice. Really? Did you ever meet Andy Schleck? Never met him. It's unfortunate.
0: But I'm sure they know. It's such a small country. I'm sure all they right. know people who know him. Yeah.
1: Right. And they do have the internet in Luxembourg, right?
0: They do have the internet. In so Luxembourg.
1: there could be people listening in Luxembourg right now. David Olson, our producer, I made the same mistake a couple of days ago and was uh, uncorrected. I count on the producer to try to uh, limit the embarrassments that I have on this particular show. But we have to apologize to all of our listeners in the Luxembourg area. Okay. On behalf of Seth You're
0: streaming live in seven continents.
1: Seven continents and parts of Luxembourg also. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, okay. I thought It was a city in Germany, Luxembourg, Germany, I guess. No, not.
0: it's a country.
1: All right. But it is close to Germany. It, yeah, so borders
0: Germany. Yeah. I was in the hunt. You you were you are in the right geographical region.
1: <laughs> All right, very quickly before we get to any more sports I, I don't know if you're in the football or not, but I do want to touch on I am football. Into football. Eight days, eight days to. Are you going to be covering football?
0: No, 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 no. I'll be in the whispering. middle of covering a pennant race. The Sox. But is
1: football on the horizon for you with the Northwest Herald?
0: Oh, no, they have another guy who covers ah. the Bears.
1: He travels with them. So you're out of work come September, whenever when the Cubs. Uh,
0: baseball's uh.
1: When the Cubs are mathematically eliminated in the middle of August. Well,
0: what about the Sox?
1: We'll see what kind of run they can make. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, does your um, after working with the White Sox and being in the locker room, do you understand Gian a little better than oh, you yeah. used to? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. No, I it, uh, I understand him. Don't forget, I did this two years for AP, so yeah, I definitely understand okay. him. He's great.
1: So it helped once you're around him a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, he's great. He's very good. The if Ozzy
1: saw you on the street, would he recognize you? Probably. Yeah, I'd cool. hope so. I'd cool. hope so. Beautiful. All right, we got a we got a veritable insider here. I'm not used to that. I may have to get your autograph after the show. All right, very quickly because uh, you're a young kid, and we got a lot of people getting in trouble in the city this time of year. Unfortunately, we have also had what three Chicago police officers that have been killed this summer tragically. Oh
0: yeah, that's Horrible. terrible.
1: Horrible. Yeah. it's but this was sent to us, and we read it to our listeners as a public service. These are things not to say to an officer Okay. when your car has been stopped. Okay. Uh, number one, I can't reach my license unless you hold my beer. <laughs> not a good thing to do. Number two, sorry, officer, I did not realize my radar detector wasn't plugged in. Number three, aren't you the guy from Village People? <laughs> not a good thing to say. Number four, hey, you must have been doing 125 miles an hour to keep up with me. Good job. Number five, are you Andy or Barney? (laughs) Number six, again, things not to say to a police officer, a little public service announcement courtesy of your friends at Two Guys and a Mic. Uh, Number seven, you're not going to check the trunk, are you? (laughs) Number eight, careful, I pay your salary. Number nine, man, officer, that's terrific. The last officer only gave me a warning, too. Number 10, do you know why you pulled me over? Okay, just so one of us does. Number 11, I was trying to keep up with traffic. I know there's no other cars around. That's how far ahead of me they were. Might might be worth a shot. uh, Might be worth a shot. And number 12, when the officer says, son, your eyes look red. Have you been drinking? You probably should not respond with, officer, your eyes look glazed. Have you been eating donuts? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kind of weak. Thank you very much. There you go. 12 things not to say to an officer. You probably tried a couple of those, Seth. But uh, how many tickets in your um, life have you got? Two. Two? It's not bad.
0: Two, like, moving by. One was for speeding. Mm-hmm. And the other was for going in a turn lane the wrong way.
1: Okay. But, not bad. Um, not bad. Because what are you, like, 22 years old?
0: 25. <laughs> so two 25. over the course
1: of seven years, that's not too bad. No. Not too
0: Eight, bad. Uh, tw- no, Nine.
1: I've been driving since I was 16. There you go. Really? Your dad let you have a car at the age of 16? But I drove. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. All right. We move on. We just read that as a uh, public service announcement. We mentioned uh, football. Before you got in the studio here, we said there's just a slight hint of football in the year. Bear camp in eight days. Your early thoughts on the Chicago Bears and college football, too, a little bit.
0: Which one first? Bears. Bears.
1: Bears. Bears.
0: Bears. Well, I, I wonder how... You know, you saw flashes of the the young receiving core playing better towards the tail end of the season. I wonder how they're going to perform early on mm-hmm. um, because in that's obviously offense. a big key. Yeah, in a new offense. Uh, Des Clark, uh, Greg Olson, it, it'll be interesting to see how they use them both because the organization likes them both, but Mike Martz didn't really incorporate the tight end a whole lot. Doesn't really incorporate the tight end a whole lot into his offense, mm-hmm. so maybe they'll split him out or something like that.
1: Mike Martz is smart enough, though, to teach, and coach to the team that he's got.
0: Yeah, I think... Well, I, Ron
1: Turner had a system and was oblivious to everything else. So right, I think right. Marks, I, Marks will find a way to use the receiving tight end.
0: I've been saying this since they drafted Matt Forte, and, and I also... I've been saying it so long, I said it on the previous show, that I think he's needed a secondary back. I think So I think uh, the addition of Chester Taylor will <clears throat> help him have a better year. That's about it on the offensive side of the ball. I think mm-hmm. we... We went over the, the offensive line obviously is a little PC. We still need to see how it
1: gels. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I still think the big change is the guy calling the plays. Oh, of course. I've complained of course, about yeah. that for three or four years. And I, I predict about uh, a third of way into the season, people are going to realize what I've been saying all along is that we can't believe for this many years we had Ron Turner and Ron Turner, nice guy. So I hate to get down on it. as a person. He's a nice guy. He was just incompetent.
0: I think he was a scapegoat. To be In, honest,
1: uh, I think you're going to find out he was incompetent as an NFL offensive coordinator. We had him not for a year or two years, but four, five. So I think the biggest improvement is going to be Mike Mar. Defensive end, though, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, the Bears had the potential. Potential being, I'm not going to say dominant, but near dominant.
0: Yeah, well, with the addition of Julius Peppers, you know, that, that's huge. I mean. People don't. People say, "Oh, why is it, why is, why can a pass rusher affect the game so much?" Well, well, you look at it two ways. Number one, a sack is a loss of downs and a loss of yardage. That's a drive killer. I mean, you don't get that many drives a game. Number two, I mean, to be able to rush a quarterback forces more interceptions. Receivers don't get to finish their routes and stuff. It all begins there at the line of scrimmage.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well. I don't know. Defensively, I think, uh, you know, first of all, we got a new defensive coordinator, Rob Marinelli. So we got not only a new guy calling the offensive plays, got a new guy calling the defensive plays, but I think they're going to find a way to. He's never done
0: that before, I remember. He
1: has not. He has not. He's been a head coach.
0: He went from position coach to head coach, back to position coach to defensive coordinator. Yeah,
1: so maybe, maybe he's going to find the level of success. Although as a position coach, he was outstanding, except for last year. Right. With the Bears. Right. Not so good. After the big, the buildup for him could be very much uh, similar to the buildup for the Cub hitting coach this year, Rudy Jaramillo.
0: Yeah, and I was going to mention that in our Cubs talk. He's gotten off squeaky clean.
1: Woo! Wow. And probably rightfully so. I don't think it's his fault, but it's part humorous, part ironic that they bring in this highly paid, highly respected batting coach. A lot of the spring training talk was about him, and they proceed to have one of the first half seasons of hitting ever for the Cub. Right. Right. Yeah, and Rod Marinelli was similar last year, right? They probably a defensive line coach. Mm -hmm. We're the greatest defensive line coach all the players were talking about. They've never had a guy push them like that. They've never had instruction like that. This guy is the best. And they proceeded. That was one of the worst years ever, collectively, for the Bears defensive line, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Well, they had injuries, too, and stuff like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Ah, Well, hopefully. Yeah, no,
0: what you said is right on. Spot on, Coach. Uh, I
1: went through the entire... Chicago Bears schedule. I've got them going fourteen and two right now. Wow, you are you
0: are ever so much the Bears <laughs> optimist.
1: Yeah, you want you want to have a sip?
0: No, the what the, the Gatorade hey, you're drinking.
1: Well, you know, if, if this. I'm si-
0: not I'm not drinking their Kool Aid just yet. Okay. I'm not I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. I had them at yet.
1: fifteen to one, but I decided the trip up to Minnesota might be a defeat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you already making the plans for the bi week party this year?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> David Olson's not aware of that, but uh, every year. Every year the Bears bye week, I have a big party. (laughs) Remember the first year we had it, people got the wrong idea. I called up the bye party, and a few people showed up uh, to celebrate more than the bye week. Yeah, we still had a good time.
0: Yeah, well that's 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 good time was had by almost all. That's what matters.
1: (laughs) Maybe maybe you should
0: try having it, you know, on a day that they play.
1: That takes all the fun out of it. That's too ordinary. Got to try something different. What do you do for
0: entertainment? Well, never mind. Actually, I probably shouldn't ask. Got
1: to try something What do you
0: do for right? entertainment?
1: What, watching the games?
0: Yeah, you just watch the other oh, game. T- no, no, no.
1: I tape the games, watch the games. Right, fast forward right through the commercials, and I get a painful hour and 45 minute of football. <laughs> Yeah, it's much better than three hours with the commercials. 888 463 the phone number, folks. You want to talk a little football here as we just sneak it into the conversation right after a little tour to France and baseball. Seth Gruen and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock, couple of minutes left here. College football front uh, won't be long before the college kids head back for a little... Uh, Preseason practice, uh, I mentioned Northwestern, my favorite team, September 4th, opening day, 6.30 at night, already got a pencil to my calendar. Seth, who's the one team, if there is one in college football, that floats your boat the most?
0: Well, I can tell you my Illini are going to stink this year. They suck. They so you are first and foremost
1: an Illini fan? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I went to the University of Illinois, so, mm-hmm. you know, the big dog and I, when, uh, when he's and I haven't hosted a show with him in a long time, but uh, we... Um, you know we always talk a football but there's not going to be much to talk about this year but i think you know penn state iowa ohio state those are the class of the big 10 mm-hmm. and um i follow you know big 10 football more than, any, more than anything so
1: mm-hmm.
0: who floats my body? i guess don't don't you don't you have to go with alabama i mean don't I, you, you know almost what? have to? I, I have
1: not analyzed who's got they have everybody coming back okay
0: they have everybody did coming they win back. it last year yeah oh yeah and and the the backup their backup to Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. the Heisman winning running back right. may be better than him.
1: Quarterback is back. Mm-hmm. McElroy's okay.
0: back. Okay. Julio Jones, the fine wideout, mm-hmm. who will be a very high NFL draft pick.
1: All right. Well, all I know is Nick Saban He's doesn't back. need to get any bigger head than he already does. That's so for sure. I'll be rooting for any team except the Alabama Crimson Tide, but you're probably right. They'll be the uh preseason favorite and you're fighting a line, by the way, if they don't have a good year that will be the end of uh, Ron Zook. I would think. Although
0: they brought in those new coordinators, which I didn't understand to begin with, I have no idea what they're doing with their program. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they're trying to save one more year. They had to, they owed him another year, right? Right, but so why they,
0: would you sign those? I guess those guys signed two-year contracts, so mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal if they need to pay those out.
1: Yeah, as much as I like Ron Zook as a person, and he's a good recruiter, he's not very this outward and stuff. But uh I, I said right in the very beginning I don't think he's going to be the answer. I watched him on the field, and I hate to say this, but Ron Zook reminded me a lot of Dave Wanstead. He would pace up and down the sidelines.
0: Lonnie, and as
1: the game went on, he would look progressively more confused. He would try to keep the spirits of the team up, yeah, 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 as the team was falling apart on the field. And they were almost, if you remember the Wanstead era the last couple of years, game in, game out, they were unprepared to play football. That's the way. Illinois oh. has looked terrible. More often than not.
0: But Wani is doing well at Pitt. He is. He's done a nice job with that program. He has.
1: He has. But he's right now, Ron Zook at Illinois reminds me of the Chicago Bear version of Dave Wanstead, translated in over your head. Nice guy, enthusiastic mm-hmm. guy, very peppy, but in over your head. Probably an assistant coach, not a head coach. Zook? Like That's what I think. He
0: was defensive coordinator in the NFL yeah, successfully. You
1: know, it's the same thing with Dave Wanstead. He was a very, very good assistant coach. But the head coaching thing was too much for him. Yep. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap up uh, the show. Seth, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks Uh, for having me. Again, any other things in your life we need to know about? We have not discussed any. uh,
0: No, not really. Just, uh, you know, busy with the baseball. And, uh, you know, anytime you need me back, I'm here for you, Coach.
1: We check the uh, crime reports on a regular basis. Make sure you're not getting any trouble. And I do catch uh, sometimes the uh, singles websites to make sure you're not. (laughs) You're probably going in under a name we can't figure out anyways, though. Yeah. Guarantee there's um, a story. I'll leave
0: that to the uh, two guys in the mic, investigative reporter.
1: Right. Well, believe me, we may not cover sports well, but when it comes to investigating uh, what people are doing in their social life, I think I can safely say there's no show on the talk zone that does it better. Maybe the cooking show. All right. David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. Don't forget tomorrow's show. We will be back at 10 o'clock for Seth Gruen and the coach. Thank you so much for listening. Back at you tomorrow at ten o'clock. Have an outstanding day. I'm going to Arlington Park, by the way. Today? I got my uh once a year annual trip out to the racetrack. Wish me luck. Good
0: luck. Good luck.
1: Say good night, right. Lois. Say goodnight, Lois.
0: Good night, Lois.